Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Would you join me in prayer? In all seasons, Lord, you call us. You call us into your presence where you fill us with your power and your compassion. You call us into times of trial where your presence goes before us, remains behind us, and hems us in on either side. You call us to come home, the place where you have prepared place that you fill completely and drive away everything that is not of you. So Lord, we hear your heartfelt invitation and we run to your feet and ask that you would continue to speak to us as you already have in the service. Give us ears to hear and hearts that would be courageous to follow you wherever it is you're calling us this day. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm not even going to try to hide that this has been a difficult week. It seems like seven years, not seven days. I'm not even going to try to hide that this has been a difficult moment to prepare for. A dear friend sent me a text that encapsulates what I'm feeling this morning, and maybe it's you too. Mark 9.24. I believe. Would you help my unbelief? I, I believe that we will get through. Will you help me as I look at everything around us seems to be falling apart? I, I believe that you are still reigning and on the throne. Would you help me when it looks like it's only chaos? I believe. Will you help my unbelief? You're probably like me, and, and you have had multitude of conversations this week, whether it's online or on the phone or maybe across a fence, about people truly being fearful of becoming ill or their loved ones have already received news. We have some prayer requests even this morning of those who are awaiting tests. There have been a multitude of, of people that I have talked to that are worried about their jobs and worried about their employees worried about what looks like when this abates and we return to, I won't even call it normal anymore because it will be different. I've talked to folks this week who are waiting medical procedures that simply have to be put off and there is no timeline. I've talked to folks who are in isolation and there is the sound of, it is good to hear a human voice, breaks my heart. My household in particular, we, we have one who's a senior in high school. We've got about 10 or so of those across downtown alone, and I know even broader than that, there are many seniors in high school and college trying to figure out what does this look like? How does this end? For me personally, it's not only that, but uh, we have this whole softball thing going on, and I'll just take a moment of personal privilege. 
perhaps the uh, reality setting in is that maybe Melissa's last uh, softball game, uh, she was at bat, got hit in the head, and I'm yelling at the other coach across the field. That is an image that will carry for us the rest of our lives. It's nice, really nice, yeah. Very Christian of me, very Christian. And they said, well, that's the pastor over there yelling at you, so it's good. It's really good. It's this feeling of what is going on, and, and we need hope, don't we? You need hope, I need hope, we need hope. We need to know that, that in the midst of our belief and in the midst of our unbelief, that God is still moving forward and still pointing us in directions to help us. Our scripture today is of a person who understands what it means to need a moment of hope. I love the New Revised Standard Version because it says this man who was blind from birth. It's not this blind man. That blindness did not define him. Matter of fact, we're going to see that he has actually has more sight than most people who have vision. But this man who was born blind. And Chad was right in the children's moment. It did cut him off from society in many ways. Unable to earn. Unable to care for himself. Completely dependent upon literally the pity of others. He needed hope. And I can imagine as his life progressed, the hope diminished. And yet it was at this moment, perhaps it was his darkest moment, that Jesus shows up. And, and I put this in your notes, that he had the hope that Jesus, just because no one believed in him, or it seemed that no one believed in him, Jesus wasn't about to give up. Wasn't about to stop helping. Wasn't about to walk away was going to continue to love just before this passage we see jesus in the temple teaching and the religious leaders have come to him and they said who are you and what's going on and, and jesus makes a statement that he is that i am and the religious leaders pick up stones and they are about to stone jesus and jesus slips away from that experience the people were rejecting jesus at this time at least the religious people were and this man's hope rested on Jesus not being discouraged just because people were saying he was no longer impactful or that he was a danger to them. Friends, Jesus isn't about to walk away from us because of unbelief, whether it is in our heart or the unbelief in our nation. Christ's heart's much bigger than that. He will not be detoured. He will continue to come and enter our presence and provide the things that we need. It's not our belief that causes Jesus' compassion to make action. It is His love. It is His plan that always is the first mover. This man's hope rested on it, and so does ours. Jesus will not be deterred. God will not move away. There is an unusual healing that this man experienced. All throughout Scripture, there's different types of healing, different things that took place. And in the Scripture, as a matter of fact, Jesus, I think, is really careful not to have some routine or this, this uh, calculation that can happen that, that this is, you'll, if you'll do this, you'll be healed. Sometimes, as we'll see next week, he stands at an open grave and says, Lazarus, come out. Sometimes he, he tells people from a distance, your faith has made them well and they're healed. Some touch the cloak of his garment and are healed. But this man, 
This man, Jesus, spat on the ground, picked up mud, and puts it on his eyes, an unusual healing, and tells him to go wash in a pool. He goes away, he washes as he is instructed, and the healing comes to him. May we not be detoured. May we not lose heart because of what seems to be perhaps an unusual healing. Jesus makes a comment to his disciples towards the end of the Gospel of Matthew. He says, it's best if I leave, because if I leave, then I'll send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can be with all people at all time and can use your gifts and your graces and your passion to do the things that I'm doing. And he said this, he goes, you're going to do greater things than I will. First time I read that, I thought, well, that's heresy. And yet I saw it lived out in the book of Acts. I've seen it lived out in our lifetime as well. And God is doing a healing work. This time it's not going to be saliva and mud. This time it's going to be scientists. It's going to be healthcare professionals. It's going to be first responders. It's going to be neighbors. That's God's healing work. And if you are a part of that community, know that we are praying for you and will continue to pray for you. Save us by using the gifts that God has given you. Heal us by using the training that you have received and how you continually refuse to give up. God is using the people around us, particularly with those gifts of healing in the healthcare profession and unwider. I don't know about you, but I think we're all ready to adopt Dr. Fauci at this point. I mean, what a great sense of hope that he brings, seems like every day, about someone who knows what's going on and has our back. God's doing the healing, and it's coming through those who have the gifts and the graces. But it's not just a healing of our bodies that is needed. We have seen this week, it's a healing of our economy. And I believe God is raising up a generation of leaders who are economists, and business-minded persons. There are people in government and there's people across the spectrum of our community that understand which levers that we need to push and which things we need to do to help us get back on our feet. And God is using many of you, even now, to bring about the healing of our society. So we pray for God's help. We pray for God's move, and we know that through your hands and feet, the healing will come to our bodies, and the healing will come to this economy. We continue to pray for you in every step of the way. Even after this man was healed, there were many questions. There was many uh, people that wanted to know why and how and what happened and, and are you sure and is Jesus a sinner and, and what, what is it about you and, and I love this man's response he says I don't know the answer to those questions but here's what I know a few minutes ago I couldn't see and now I can I, I don't have any, any of the other questions, uh, answers to those questions, but I do know that a few minutes ago I was not unable to see, and I met this, met this man, Jesus, and now I can. Our hope comes from looking 
at what Christ is doing and acknowledging it in our midst, just like this man did. Don't worry if you don't have all the answers. None of us do. But you might have a piece of the puzzle. You might have a, exactly what someone else needs to hear so that they can go on for another 24 hours or 72 or however long it takes. You may have the story that you need to tell and tell others in this time of once I was in this situation and now I'm here. And it was all because that I met Christ and things changed. That's why we ask you this morning to take some pictures of, of you worshiping. It's because when we see each other committed and connected, it just strengthens all of us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was saying that it said that the Christ in others is stronger than the Christ in our own heart. Because the Christ in others are these stories that they tell and, and things that they point out, and it strengthens our heart and it grows our belief and it helps our perseverance and it brings hope. So tell the stories. If for a while we need to tell the stories online, let's do that. If for a while we need to tell it one-to-one, -one, let's do that. This man realized that the hope of the world, of his world, rested in this man, Jesus. Once he could not see, and then he met Jesus, and everything changed. And it brings hope. You'll notice that this story ends that this man is kicked out of the temple, pushed away from the religious people. And you know who comes to find him at that point? Jesus. And Jesus says, do you know who the Son of Man is? And the man says, I don't, but if you'll let me know, I want to believe. And Jesus says, I am he. And the man says, I believe. I want to be very clear this morning. This man needed a healer for his sight. And Jesus realized that this man also needed a savior for his soul. His sight was this momentary thing that even Jesus says, you're going to see how God's going to operate and it's going to be miraculous and it's going to help tell the story. But Jesus realized that our story does not end on this plane. It transcends for eternity. And so Jesus wasn't about to leave him without hope for eternity. How harsh it would have been to heal his sight and then leave him. He didn't. He healed his sight and then he joins him and he saves his soul. Friends, our hope it's not only for a healer in this moment. Our hope is for a healer for all eternity. And our hope rests in one who loves us so much that he refuses us to leave us where we are. He cares about this moment, but he also cares about all eternity. He loved us so much that he sent his son to walk among us to heal us of our infirmities, to teach us all about the love of God and to show us what it looks like. And he sent this saying, the one we call Jesus the Christ, not to ascend to a throne room, but to a cross. That's the hope we have, is our God would not leave us 
will come and meet us right where we are and take us by the hand. Our God is concerned about providing us hope for today. He is so concerned about making sure we have a Savior for all eternity as well. The Son of Man has come. He has done a work and He continues to do a work. That's why we can have hope. That's why that no matter what happens in the news or in our personal lives, that we are people who do not have despair, but we have the assurance and a hope that we serve the one who is not only willing to, willing to heal us right where we are, but he will heal us for all eternity. Would you join us in prayer? Gracious Lord, we thank you that you are the bringer of hope. You are the one that we can turn to in every instance in our life. And you, Lord, are going to meet us there. We keep saying that over and over because it's true and we need to hear it. I pray that you would move mightily upon this land. I pray that you would begin to help this virus abate. That you would wash it away. Lord, that you would restore us. That you would help to strengthen us. And in the time that it takes that to happen, Lord, help us to be patient and persevere. Help us to be connected regardless of the means. Help us to stay leaning in in all things. Lord, we love you. We know that you love us. We pray all this trusting in the one who has come to heal us, not only today, but to save us for all eternity. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen and amen.